Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome everyone to the Storybox. This is the place to be if you're a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, growing abundantly, and if you want to improve your overall life. My name is Jay Fansom, and I've made it my purpose to unbox and share the amazing stories from people of every profession all over the world. I'm grateful that you're here today. Let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, another exciting episode of the Storybox, where I get to unbox a living legend story today. For those of you that are familiar with the boxing world, you would know who my next guest is today. His name is Sugar Ray Leonard. Now, for those of you that don't know who he is, I'll read out what he does, and then we'll get into today's exciting uh, unboxing. Okay, so... Sugar Ray Leonard is a legendary sports icon, Olympic champion, Hall of Famer, and philanthropist, if I can say the word correctly. It doesn't really roll off my tongue that well. He's also a best-selling author, television personality, ringside analyst, and longtime face of Sketches' popular relaxed fit collections. Sugar Ray has established a legacy that epitomizes boxing and invokes the reverence of a champion, which we definitely get into on this conversation. Leonard's illustrious career outside of the ring merits like admiration as a vanguard in the cultural movement that has brought the sport of boxing front and center today. Uh, Ray also helms the Sugar Ray Leonard Foundation, which celebrates its longer than 12th anniversary. Um, uh, It's older than that now, but he is committed to funding life-changing research for pediatric type one and type 2 diabetes and helping children build early healthy habits. Having learned to box at the age of just 14 years old, Leonard's uh, Leonard's celebrated career includes three uh, national Golden Glove titles, two amateur athletic union championships, and the 1975 Pan American Games crown. After winning a gold medal in boxing at the 1976 Olympic Games, He turned professional as a last-ditch effort to help his family defer mounting medical bills incurred from his father's illness. Blinding speed, tremendous power, and palpable charm quickly made Leonard a media favorite, dubbed early on by the late Howard Cossell as the new Muhammad Ali. I'm sure everyone would be familiar with that name. At the age of just 20, 1977, Leonard won his first professional fight, 
only setting the stage for a collection of the most memorable fights in all of boxing history. He went on to defeat some of the greatest boxers of the modern era, such as Roberto Duran. There's also a film uh, about Duran, which you can check out on Netflix, and Sugar Ray is part of that movie. Uh, well, at least his, his uh, fight against Duran is. And it's, it's such a, a marvelous take on how Leonard was able to get into the ring with Duran. He won one lost one, and still kept going. And this is the heart of a champion that you're definitely going to hear more about very, very soon. Um, but during his 20th year, 20-year professional career, Leonard also won world titles in the welterweight, junior weight, junior middleweight, sorry, super middleweight and lightweight divisions, the first boxer to win world titles in five different weight classes. That is a tremendous achievement. He's got a huge bio that I can continue to read out, but I won't. I'll spare you that because this conversation really says it all. I know you guys are going to get so much from Leonard's story. He's he's very charismatic. He's funny. Um, he has the the heart of someone who really, really cares about people and their needs and you're going to hear so many amazing uh, moments in this conversation one of my favorites to be honest with you we got on so well there was a lot of great chemistry going back and forth in the conversation absolutely loved it but guys if you do get something from this please share it around to your friends and your family let everyone know hey jay interviewed the legend sugar ray leonard you got to check this out this is uh something you've never heard before i guarantee you that um, and also, guys, if you can leave a rating interview over on Apple Podcasts, goes a huge way. Subscribe to YouTube and Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. We're everywhere, so make sure to go and do that. All right, you guys know what time it is. It is time to get ready to rumble into the story box because we're going to hear the legendary story of the one, the only, Sugar Ray Leonard. Jay, call me Ray, man. I'm not that old. <laughs> okay, Ray. I, I do want to be respectful, though. So I was brought up the right way to call people by their last name. And don't worry, my teachers still tell me, call me by my first name. And I'm like, no, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> so it, it's really, really a pleasure to have you here, Ray. Uh, before we dive into your illustrious career and, and your backstory, how this all got started, I have one particular question that I love asking all my guests at the very, very start, which is what does success look like to you? Success to me, Jay, is being financially um, independent. It's because I come from very humbling beginnings. Um, you know, we lived in apartments. Uh, we never had a home, never had a car that we owned or whatever. So we were like the majority of, of people. And uh, my biggest dream was always to give back to my parents before they left us. Mm. And I was able to do that through boxing. Boxing became my way of saying thank you and God bless you. Wow. So 
speak to me about your humble beginnings. What was it like growing up where you grew up? I was born in Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, because of the income shortage, uh, my father and my mom moved to Washington, D.C. So I went there when I was, what, three years old. And it was so different, um, just a different place, a different time. And uh, I don't know, I was just so naive, naturally being so young. And I recall even being beaten up by some guys, a couple guys when I was like eight or nine. Um, God, man, I mean, it almost brings tears to my eyes, but it also brings me joy because, again, through boxing, through what they call a barbaric sport, and through boxing, boxing saved my life. Boxing made me who I am. Boxing allowed me now to talk to you, Jay. Mm. Exactly. Otherwise, I would never have known who Ray Leonard is. Correct. Correct. Yes. You know? So what was it like when you were a young kid? You mentioned that you got beaten up. What was what was going through your mind when you did get beaten up? I recall coming, I mean, vividly, I recall going, running home crying. And uh, I went into the house and I said, Ma, uh, some boys beat me up. And she told me the, the way she was raised. She said, don't ever c- come back like that again, which meant to defend myself, which means to fight back, to strike back. Mm-hmm. And that's where things kind of uh, turned around, whereas that I started to become a boxer or a fighter. Um, I mean, boxing, again, boxing saved my life. Mm. So it's because of what your mom told you that you ended up becoming a boxer. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. That's what she said. Don't ever give My mother's tough. My mother is, I mean, she's 92 years old, feisty, strong. Uh, she's a, she, she gave me her determination and that's, that's what led me to my success in the boxing ring. What would you say to a young person right now that is struggling with, I guess you could say motivation or that determining drive to succeed in their own life right now? Well, you know, I, 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 I do motivational speaking um, and I enjoy, I love, you know, especially talking to uh, people about determination, all this stuff. When I speak to kids, I tell them to dream the dream. Because your dreams are the window to your future. Your goals are the vehicle that takes you there. You take away those dreams, you're stuck in a room without windows. You take away those goals and you don't have a map to get to your dreams. You gotta believe, you can't let someone tell you you can't do this or you can't be that. And they will tell you because they can't do it. Mm. So I tell kids all the time, believe in yourself and make your dreams come true Mm. by getting it 100%. There are no shortcuts, Jay, there's no shortcuts to success, to win, to be the champ, no shortcuts. Mm. You gotta do the hard work. It's you gotta do the hard long, work. Long, hard struggle. But it, yes. I always say that those challenges, actually I've, I've mentioned this. So don't let challenges, you, you don't serve challenges, let challenges serve you. Because in those challenging times, we are, transforming into the person that we are meant to become. Those challenges are going to build us up. They're going to make us stronger. 
They're going to push us forward, even though in the moment it may not seem like it, even though in the moment it's like the most difficult, the most painful, we want to quit, we want to back out. But if we stick with it, I think a lot of young people, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Ray, but a lot of young people, they, they get so close, but yet then they quit and they say enough's enough. I'm too tired. It's like being in, in a boxing ring. It's exactly. the same thing. Like I can, I can throw in the towel whenever I want, but those people that actually continue on are the ones that will succeed in life. Ultimately, you know, life, life is a challenge. Life is a fight. Mm. And, and it's such a, it's, it is such a metaphor of, of life itself. There's even business, even relationships, you have to be a fighter. I'm not saying physically. Mm. And you understand, not, not saying that, but just as a fighter, the mindset, the, that, that again, I, I say it all the time, intestinal fortitude. You have to be ready to take on to be happy. You got to fight for happiness, fight for respect. You fight for everything. Mm. How can someone adopt this same mindset in their own life? Do they have to be a boxer to get it or how can they adopt it? I'm glad you asked that, Jay. They don't have to be boxing. Again, it's not about boxing. It's about the principles. Mm -hmm. It's about adapting what it is to, to, to be composed, you know? In other words, if someone says something nasty to you, you, you want to strike back. You don't have to strike back. You, you can just be calm and you'll be the bigger person, the bigger man, the bigger woman. You're in control. You know, you just gotta just just think, just pause, take a breath, pause. Was there ever a time, like after you got beaten up as a kid, that you were faced again with that decision? Okay, do I fight back and defend myself, or do I run away this time and run fast? It happened again, and I remember this so vividly. I, it happened again, like when I was like in junior high school, um, so I'm a teenager, and uh, I was in the uh, in the locker room in the in the gym, and some big guy, big guy, he pushed me and pushed me against the lockers, and I I knocked him out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving this advice, but <laughs> it's just one of those things. I'm being honest. <laughs> And how did it feel to actually knock this guy out? It was, you know, it was, it was like, a, yes, yes. Uh, but now looking back in retrospect, I, I wish I had not done that. I wish I had tr tried to or attempt to say, hey, man, be cool, be cool, you know? But I, I just reacted in the way I felt. And sometimes we can't control everything. I mean, be truthful. You can't control everything. But for the most part, you can control most things. Mm. I think I can re I can relate in some some way to that story because I was bullied quite a lot in in school, and I remember going into high school year seven. There was one particular kid who just had it out for me. He absolutely hated my guts, hated the way I looked, uh, and I was only a short kid, so I wasn't that. I wasn't that big and I'm still not that big. I'm like only five, seven. So I'm, I'm a short, uh, <laughs> stocky kind of guy, but more so back then, right. I was a lot shorter. So 
he was a lot bigger. He was a fat kid. And there was one time I was standing at the basketball court, just watching the guys play. And he comes up behind me and he jumps on my back. And then, cause I wasn't that strong, my back literally collapsed and my 11th, 12th and 13th ribs all decided to pop out. And, um, I've, I've struggled to get up, you know, and, um, because my, my parents, they always taught me turn the other cheek, you know, do the Christ thing. Don't fight back, you know, um, just, you know, let it go. And I was so frustrated. I was so annoyed, so angry. So when I recovered from that, uh, that injury, which took a couple of months, he tried bullying me again. So I thought, okay, stuff this, turn the other cheek business. I'm going to do something about this bully. And hopefully he might never do it again. So one day at lunchtime in front of the entire school, he comes up to me and he tries bullying me. So what I do now, I'm keep in mind, I'm only a short guy. I decide to reverse slam him into the ground. So I pick him up. And for some reason I had the strength to do this. It was an amazing moment. And I felt incredible when I did it. I pick him up and throw him over my shoulder, reverse slam his, his back hits the ground, not his head. Thank God. Otherwise it probably would have cracked because it was that hard. It was, it was um, concrete ground and he didn't move. He was, he was staying, he was stuck in that position. And I said to him, if you ever, ever bully me again, I will do far worse. Don't test me. <laughs> and then all the people in the school were cheering. I mean, keep in mind, it's like a small school, but they were like, exact words. I use those exact words. And I even wrote it in my, in my, my new book. I remember it so vividly. Hey, eh? like it was, you, you just remember those times. You remember those things, man. Yes. You never, never forget it. But that was the only fight that I ever got into in school and since, <laughs> believe it or not. No, and I and since that incident, never, it never happened again, Jay. It never happened again. And plus, I'm, a, I'm, I'm so opposite of what I used to do as a fighter. Um, I'm shy but I'm sociable, if you if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm so different than I was in the ring. Mm. Have you always been like that, though? Always been. I always was, like, to myself, reading comic books, watching cartoons. Uh, um, I was so animated in my head, in my, in my heart, that I didn't ever think that these things could take place with me, you know, as I was growing up, experiencing you know, and being in a new neighborhood and the guys, you know, they, they want to see how tough you are and everything. And that's, that's, that's really life though. You know, you, you live and you learn. Mm. So in your experience, what do you believe makes a real man? What makes a real man? A real man is someone who is totally honest, but we do have to use sometimes our little white lives to whether to help someone or prevent something from happening. I mean, the world is not perfect. And that, I, you know, you know, Jay, I'm glad you're asking these questions because I'm, I'm so hard on myself, you know? It's like if my kid do something and my wife said, you know, you know, don't punish him for two days, two weeks. I said, nah, baby, you know, two days sounds okay. I'm just that kind of guy. That's, that's my heart, man. That's how I am. Um, but, you know, um, they say life is what you make it. That's so true. Life is indeed what you make it. Mm. So 
for a young person that wants to be more like you, Ray, wants to be this, this champion outside of the ring and even inside the ring, if they want to do that, what would you say to them? That's okay. That's okay. You know, in fact, I, my idols, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, Bruce Lee, uh, Elvis Presley, Sugar Ray Robinson. I mean, I had, I had so many people that I looked up to and I wanted to be like them to some degree. And, uh, they, because of who they are, but because of their, um, celebrity and what have you, God, it's made me a better person. Mm. What has been your, your biggest fight, your biggest battle? My biggest battle, um, internal revenue. Mm. No, I'm not. Uh, that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I was going along with it too, <laughs> saying it's hard. Because <laughs> you looked at me like, what, what are you saying? <laughs> what are you saying? My toughest battles, you were asking me, my toughest battles was when I retired one of many times from the boxing ring. I retired when I was like 25. Mm. And, uh, from a partially detached retina that I had ha had suffered from in the ring. And I tell you, Jay, I was, I was so lost, man, not doing what I, I love doing as boxing, competing against the best guys in the world, beating the odds and all this kind of stuff training because the training, uh, what I love about training and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, there was no shortcut. Mm. I tried so hard and, uh, I choreographed the fights in my head and figured your strong points, your weak points. I, I missed that, man. That's what kept me clean. Mm. And so that's when drugs came into, into uh, my circle. Um, people using, that's when cocaine was really big time. And uh, smoking a little bit here and drinking a lot, a lot. Had the worst hangovers. And um, had those blackouts. So I wake up in the morning and look at my, my lady and I said, and she and she's crying. I'm saying, what what's wrong? She said, I can't believe you did that. I said, baby, I you I was just playing. I had no idea what she was talking about because I had blackouts. Mm. But I I mean I've been sober for six going on 16 years now. So life is good. I do my AA meetings. And you know what? I check check this out, Jay. Um first 15, 20 years ago, I I would never say this to you. I would never talk about drugs and alcohol and this and that. But you know what, man? Um, this, these things do happen. These things do happen. And I don't have to hide that because mm. I'm proud of being sober now. I'm proud. So, my, you know, by me saying I'm, I'm, I'm an alcoholic can help someone else out. Can yeah. help a thousand people out. Can help a million people out. Mm. I'm all for that. Giving back. I personally believe that real strength comes when a man of your caliber, of your stature, is able to be vulnerable, is able to open up and share things that are very, very personal because you're right, you're then able to help someone else and you never know who is going to be helped. Like I, I was helped by you just saying that because I, I feel the same way. And I, I personally, like never done drugs, never smoked in my life, never drunk a, a drop of alcohol in my life. 
but I've gone through other things, gone through traumas, gone through abuse, gone through all this other stuff. And, you know, I, I came to this point where, okay, it's very personal to me and I'm only 24 and I've been through all this, but I get it. There may be a younger person, there may be an older person that is still struggling and how we can help others is having these kinds of conversations. So I appreciate you you sharing and you being using real strength right now, right? Like it's great. At day, AJ, I mean, let's get even deeper. I mean, I was even sexually abused by when I was like a kid. Same. Uh, and I kept it to myself. I kept it for 40 some years or longer. Didn't tell my wife, didn't tell my parents. Cause I, you know, I, I just couldn't find the strength to talk about something so mm -hmm. ugly. Yeah. And when I did, I finally did that. I finally talked about that. And you know what? I felt better because mm -hmm. it's like toxin. Because you keep something inside of you, it, it rottens. It gets bad. And it takes you down. And when I talked about that, it, I, had, I had to take a deep breath. And because um, I thought people would think I was weak or punk and this and that. It was just the opposite. People came up to me. Guys, big guys, strong guys say, hey, man, it happened to me too. Mm. And they'll hug me and they'll share a tear and I'll share a tear. And it's, it's, you know what, Jay, it's a beautiful thing, man. When you let go of your own vulnerability and say, yeah, I can relate to you. Mm. That happened to me when I was six and I called it living in a daze. So for a very long period of time, my brain cut it out like it was non-existent from the and i think that was because of the trauma that i experienced yep. and it, it wasn't until very recently that i had these flashbacks and i'm i'm like what the hell is that that's that's that can't happen to me like i, I wasn't i didn't go through that not another man he couldn't do that to me no yeah uh, same thing and then when i finally found out that it actually did happen, it all just came crashing down. I just had all these realization moments of all the, the past, who I am today really was because of that. Like there's so many links in my life. And when I finally, like, I haven't really opened up too much about it, but I'm glad that I can do it now with someone that actually has experienced a similar thing, you know, because it is important. It is getting rid of that daze and facing up to it is probably going to be the ultimate fight of your life. It beats any physical altercation with anyone. Any, any yes. Because it's it's the mental, the mental aspect. You've got to live with those those scars for the rest of your life. And you know, physical wounds they heal. I mean, you're still going to bear the the memory of them, but more deeply, the psychological aspects of trauma and there's like countless science and all that sort of stuff wisdom behind how trauma really impacts if you have it uh from a childhood how it impacts you later on in life and how you see the world so no jay i tell you i i this what i just said to you just happened because i felt i feel comfortable talking mm. to you i'm okay to talk to you about something that's so precious and so painful mm. and so, you know, 
unusual, you know, well, not unusual, but mm. so much happens all the time. And uh, we help each other. We need, you know what? We help each other. Mm. 100%. And I, I really, really uh, feel comfortable talking to you as well, Ray. So this is, this is going to be, this is good. Um, I want to shift the conversation into something that's a bit more up, upbeat, <laughs> lighthearted, if we can. <laughs> um, yeah. So going to your fights for a moment, going to being in the ring, what was before a fight? I'm always curious what goes through a boxer's mind before they enter the ring. You know, uh, wow, that's <laughs> what before the before I enter the ring. I'm in the dressing room warming up and everything. And I even pray. Uh, I pray before the fight. And I pray even as an amateur boxer. And I pray not to win, but no one gets hurt, that no one gets hurt. And, I, and I've done it for 100 years. Uh, but there's nothing like it. I mean, <clears throat> there's only a, a handful of times that I went to my into my into my uh, locker room that I, I didn't feel 100%. And that's when it's, it can get scary because you got to feel everything has to come into play. Everything has to connect. And sometimes when you're in the, in the dressing room or locker room, you just don't feel 100%. I mean, this happens all the time. Whether you're going to work, your job, to school, whatever, sometimes you just don't feel 100%. You with me? Just don't feel it. And that's when you have to overcome that mindset. You have to break it, break it up, and then say, all right, I'm here to, I'm here to win. I'm not here to lose. I'm here to win. Mm. I can just in life, just like in life. Mm. I think it was like Muhammad Ali, he had that focus. He was, he was like, I'm going in this, I'm gonna win, I'm gonna knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> and he had that he had that belief man did you have the same belief as well oh absolutely i learned so much from my friend mohammed uh, you know god bless him mm. he i mean it, it's because of him that my career soared because he opened the doors for what was not available at one time for fighters particularly you know black fighters mm. um Muhammad Ali was just, just, he was bigger than boxing, man. You know, they call him, he said, he, no, he, no, he tells you, I'm the greatest of all time. Mm. He's right. He is the greatest of all time. Mm. And not just in my book, but in everyone's book. Mm. I mean, you have, you have this, this incredible achievement of winning five world titles in five different weight classes, which why in the world would you do something like that? <laughs> Can I ask you? <laughs> I, I challenged myself. I challenged myself. I was one. I was welterweight, one forty-seven, and uh, I fought this guy Donnie Lalonde, who was a light heavyweight champion. And uh, there was a vacant one hundred and sixty-eight pound title on the line, and we both wanted it. And he put his title on the line because he was so. He was so assured that he was he would beat me because he was a bigger black guy. Mm. And I tell you what, this guy hit me so hard, dying the line. Every punch hit me with hurt. I mean, he just knocked me back and he was just strong and he actually knocked me down. And um, I remember the night before the fight, I had this premonition of some sort 
that I would be knocked down. And so now I'm in the ring, going one round, two rounds, three rounds, and I think around the fourth round, he knocked me down. And I said, well, that's it. I'm okay. Now I can do my stuff. And I, I ended up stopping him, knocking him out. So what was it like losing, cutting the weight, gaining weight, and then preparing yourself for the fight? Like you got to prepare yourself physically, also mentally. And then when the fight comes, like, and you get punched in the face, does every single punch hurt? I'm always curious. And, or do you get numb to it? I, I can punch you, Jay, if you want me to. I just to show you how it feels. <laughs> one one day, one day, please. I want to. I want to say that I got. I got hit. I got punched by by the legend. The thing about boxing, um, if I hit you, you go out. You don't feel power. You don't feel pain. Mm. If I hit you in your nose, that's pain. That's that's pain. I hit you in the ear or temple. Your equilibrium will go off. You'll be all unbalanced and what have you. I hit you to the body. That's pain. That's real pain. So, but you know what? It's we've learned to just be gladiators, mm. be warriors, and you just have to, if you can, uh, just deal with it. Just take, but take your time. Always be patient. Take your time. It's like be aggressive, but be patient. Mm. Don't just go in there. It's what they call the art of fisticuffs. Mm. It's, it's not just it's not just one guy banging the other guy. You setting someone up. You you put you uh, you setting them up. You positioning them. It's it's a it's a it's a it's an incredible art. Mm. And for those people that haven't watched any of your fights, the way Ray moves in the ring, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful movement. Like you you're fluid, man. Like you 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 know the next. It's almost like you know the next person's move, in a way. Yeah, it, you know, again, again, Jay, I, but it's it's like, it's just a feel. I have a feel. I don't just try to dance to the right two times and dance to the left five times. No, it, it just happens. Mm. Your, your body, it all, it all, everything connects. Your, your muscles connect, your brain connect, your thoughts connect and all this. And it, and speed, you, you can't teach speed. You can teach some somewhat accuracy, but you can't teach speed. You, that's a gift. Mm. I mean, like or Mayweather, super super fast. You know, um, Muhammad Ali for heavyweight, super super fast. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so many guys out there who are just so uh, so gifted. These young boxers today. Mm. Where did your nickname Sugar Sugar Ray? Where did that come from? Well, the the, the, the number one guy, Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh, was who was one of my again one of my idols, and my name is Ray Charles. Ray Charles is a legendary singer. Mm. I mean, uh, I when 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 sh- when they said Sugar Ray, I mean that was like that's what I want to be. I want to be like I want to be just like him. Mm. And it was great, man. It was fantastic. What was it like? A few more questions for you, if you don't mind, Ray. But what was it? What was it like fighting Roberto Duran? I hated that song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might say that. <laughs> oh, I hated him. He, but Duran taught me so much. Mm. And although he lost, I lost the fight, my first professional loss, 
he taught me so much about the brain and the mind. Mm-hmm. Taught me how not to get too upset because he said things about me, said things about my wife. He uh, he was just an animal, man. He was, but he was smart. Yeah, was a, is one of the best uh, fighters, boxers in the world. And they call they they call him Roberto Manos de Piedras Durant, which means hands of stone. Jay, he hit me. I said, "Who else was in this ring?" I mean, his he, he hits that hard. I mean, Durant was a beast in that ring. Mm. But I came back like less than six months later, which was unprecedented because normally fights of that magnitude and that close, they don't fight like three two months later, three months later, four months later. They find it a year or so a year later. But I, I knew Duran's lifestyle. I knew his thing. So I said, let's fight in six months, five months. And the rest is history. Mm. I think there's a, there was a movie about Roberto Duran and it included a fight between you and him. And yes. like the, just watching the movie and I guess seeing Roberto's life from the start to the finish to fighting you and then like how he beat you the first time and the second time he came back. And then I was, it was a great movie. I was like hooked the entire time. I'm like, this is so good. But what captivated me was the second fight. The second fight you came back. And Absolutely. yeah, bam. <laughs> you know, you know, Jay, I, I, I made a, a lot of money with Duran. Mm-hmm. And I'm, so now I'm like, you know, I'm excited and everything. And everyone's telling, and Duran's like a toy. He's like five. How tall are you? Five, five seven. seven. Duran's like five six. And right. I'm like, this is a lightweight. This guy, I mean, he come you know, 135, 132. I'm I'm 147, 150, and I'm big. But that didn't make a difference. He was so quick and he was so elusive. I mean, slip and sliding through body shots. I mean, God, he taught me so much. I learned so much from my friend now, Roberto Duran. Uh, we support each other, foundations, whatever. Uh, I love him, man. He may be, he may be the fighter that I am. I love that. Ray, my final question for you. This is my all-time favorite question. I think you might like it, but it's a hypothetical one. So I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. Your friends have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. And they've been able to get it, put it together and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? You know, it's, it's plain and simple, Jay. Um, you know, I've been blessed, incredibly blessed. Um, and I made a huge impact in the boxing ring. I want to make even a larger impact outside the ring. And that's with my my foundation, Sugar Ray Leonard Foundation, uh, knocking out diabetes, uh, just being being somewhat of an inspiration to someone, whether it's one or a thousand kids, and not just. And I'm not saying just boys and you know fighters, everyone, everyone. You know, life life is a fight, and it's a fight we can win. We all need to come together. That's a great way to sort of end that conversation. Ray, where can people find you, connect with you, and learn more about the great Sugar Ray Leonard? At sugarrayleonard.com. 
love that. Ray, thank you so much for coming on the Storybox podcast today. Okay, but Jay, one last thing. Can we, can we do a couple rounds when I see you? I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guests today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.